the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Submit your faith story or prayer request today at jennifer-jackson.org. You're listening to Simply for Women. Well, this is Jennifer, and today we have Nicole Bromley here. I want to dive right in because she's from One Voice, and you can go to IamOneVoice.org to learn more about her. But Nicole is a speaker, an activist, an author of the book Hush, Breathe, Soar. She speaks on college. You do everything, Nicole. Welcome, (laughs) welcome. I'm glad you're back today. Me too. Thank you. We're so in our conversation. You know, Nicole is... um, is an overcomer. She's overcome sexual abuse and now is helping other women find their voice. And so we've been talking about that. And we were talking about, should you always report Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. how important that is? Mm -hmm. And do we want to just recap that real quick? Yeah, I just think, you know, seeking justice, getting help, going through the right, you know, modes of operation Mm -hmm. for ending this kind of stuff, not only the life of one child, but for a whole community. Mm-hmm. Um, when we don't report, when we don't give a voice, when we silence it, we only perpetuate more abuse. Mm-hmm. It always perpetuates more abuse. So we have to do the right thing and report and speak out. You know, sometimes I hear a common thread. Uh, well, I'm not, I don't know if they're telling the truth. Mm-hmm. Like maybe this is a false accusation. Mm-hmm. Is that common or, or is that really not mm-hmm. statistically that often that somebody <laughs> makes up a story so to speak. It's a common reaction from people who want to protect abusers. Mm. But no, false reporting is not common. It's very, very, very small percentage of. And in, even in those less than 1% mm-hmm. that might be false, I would probably venture to guess there's something going on there that is inappropriate, that is wrong, that does need investigated. Because why would anyone go out on a limb to make an accusation when it never does anything good for the person saying it, you know, yeah. it's incredibly shameful. It's very scary to make that accusation. And there's something going on that needs investigated. So if they're saying something, there's probably something going on and they may need yes. help in another area even. Mm-hmm. And that's OK. You still want to listen to that. Mm-hmm. You want to report that. You want to hear them fully. Are there questions you could ask? Mm-hmm. You know, I think, you know, shout out to all the teachers out there. That's you right. know, mm-hmm. um, they are the eyes and ears sometimes yeah. and things that busy parents are overlooking or mm-hmm. whatever. But what what are the questions you could ask a child mm-hmm. to to help them to really fully mm-hmm. be able to share it in a safe way? Yeah. My immediate thing is thinking even just in the past year with the pandemic and children haven't been in school mm-hmm. and oh, those reporters, those eyes and ears have not been on those right. children. And there's been a lot of abuse happening in the homes, mm. um, stressed out parents, you know, and, and then just putting them in the care of babysitters and tutors that shouldn't have access to children because they are perpetrators. Yeah. Um, so, yes, I'm so grateful for, for teachers who are willing to take that step and, and, and ask the questions. But, but yeah, what to say? I, I just think an, an overarching, you know, tell me more about that or, you know, how are you really doing? 
or if you ever want to talk, I want you to know I'm here. Mm -hmm. You know, never straight up asking someone if they've been abused or Mm -hmm. sexually assaulted or anything like that, but just giving them space to be able to talk, to know that it's safe here. It's non-judgmental. Yeah. They can continue the conversation another day. Mm -hmm. I like that. Mm -hmm. Like you can come back. Let's talk again. Absolutely. I Mm -hmm. even remember when I was in college and I wasn't talking about this kind of stuff. I was a college athlete. You know, I was still trying to be that perfect girl Mm -hmm. with no trauma. Um, And I wasn't doing well. I was depressed. I was having, you know, a lot of bad games. And one um, student, she was a, an RA on my, my Christian college campus out on the East Coast. She came to me. She said, Nicole, I've just noticed um, you've been acting a little different lately. You've seemed down. You just seem off. Um, is everything okay? And I, I was like, like oh, well, yeah, everything's totally fine. You know, <laughs> stuffed it all down. Uh-huh. And um, almost mad that you even asked. <laughs> yeah. But then she said, well, I just wanted you to know if you ever want to talk, I'm here. That's beautiful. And I tuck that in my pocket as like, when I know I'm ready to be real, Mm -hmm. take off these masks and be authentic with somebody, she's the person I would come to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What what are the statistics today? It's like Mm -hmm. one in four girls or is it higher than that now? It's one in three, the Department of Justice, one in three girls, one in six boys are sexually abused by the time they turn 18. So common. Mm-hmm. Do do most abusers abuse more than one person at a Absolutely. time? Absolutely, and that is another reason for reporting. Mm-hmm. You know, these people don't stop until they're forced to stop. They don't just choose to stop on their own. It gets worse and worse. And so we have to raise our voices. We have to call it out when we see it. We don't need to overlook it. Mm-hmm. If you're suspicious about it, talk about it. Mm-hmm. Bring it to the light. Don't enable abuse. When. When does it ever stop? Do you, do you, are there statistics about do abusers stop? Hmm. Well, you know, it takes a lot of therapy and it also takes a lot of taking them out of the situation. Right. So throwing an abuser back in a church because we're forgiving. No, it's absolutely wrong. And it doesn't do anything for them. It puts them back in a situation to abuse again. So it's actually harmful to them because they're is. surrounded in that same situation. It's harmful to absolutely everyone, including them. Yeah. Mm hmm. So what about your story? So you, you went through high school and you, you started leading, I mean, at 15 by sharing with the church camp, mm-hmm. maybe didn't inadvertently leading, yeah. but, and then, so now you're in college mm-hmm. and you're, you're kind of on the back burner with all of this. Yeah. What, how did this, how did your story evolve? Mm-hmm. Tell us more. Yeah. Well, I think God really planted it in my heart at that camp of like, your voice can really matter. It can make a difference, not just for your story, but for others. So it was planted at that point, and I felt, I guess you would say, a calling. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I went through the rest of high school and into college. I was studying psychology, mm-hmm. so that gives you a little sense of, oh, yeah, she was interested in fixing herself maybe. <laughs> um, then I, I remember I transferred my junior year, and at that point I thought, you know, I'd already gone through some counseling at my college too and felt like I was really getting to a place where I could help others again. I had enough, you know, where I felt the boldness. And it was at that point I was just like, I was looking where I was at, the college that I was at, the community I was at, where can I get plugged in here? And so I started volunteering like at every rape crisis center, the hotline, the domestic violence shelter, anywhere where they were, you know, abused women or hurting children or, you know, that kind of thing. And one day I was shadowing a woman who went into a local school and talked about these issues. And it was just a PowerPoint of definitions and things. And I remember saying to her afterwards, 
Um, I think these kids would really respond to a real life story versus, mm. you know, your PowerPoint. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't trying to be rude, sure. but I was just saying, you know, real stories I think really matter and it, and it's relatable. And she said, well, if you can find a survivor brave enough to tell their story, oh. you just let me know. <laughs> and I remembered back to 15 in that camp and I said, I'll do it. And the, that was it. The next time it was like tons and tons of teens were coming forward, telling their stories you know, we were getting them help and then that school would tell a youth group pastor and then, I, you know, it just continued to to go from there. And so I think for me, it was like just being willing to look for the open door or the open window and asking God, give me strength and courage to walk through this. And once I did, it was like three more doors opened. And Was you it know, healing to serve? It absolutely has. Or was been. it harmful? Like, yeah. was it too soon? Or do you feel yeah. like it's all it's good to serve? <laughs> I think it's good to be discerning of that. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I've always had this um, motto, I guess, that I will speak out of my scars, not my wounds. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when I'm sharing, I'm sharing about the things, about the parts that I've worked through. I've done my work. You know, I've gotten help. I've talked about this. You know, God has brought me a level of healing to enabled me to now comfort others out of that. But then there's other parts that are still wounds. They're still really hard. And, you know, I talk about things now that I didn't talk about 15 years ago when I was on national platforms, you know, but now I've gotten to a place where I can talk about these things too. Um, So I think that's really important. And it is is a healer. Mm -hmm. And he not only heals our physical bodies, he heals us spiritually, emotionally, mentally. Isn't it cool that God can heal anything, any wound? Do you want to share, like, how did he heal your heart from Mm. so much? Mm. I think the heart healing really came through the releasing of the shame. Mm. And in order to release the shame, I had to really believe and know through and through that it wasn't my fault, that I did nothing to ask for this, Um, that that was huge for me. Also, just so many lies that I believed. I mean, trauma has a way of instilling lies about everything, especially for a child, especially for a child abused by someone that they were supposed to trust. I mean, my my stepdad was, you know, a leader in our church. Ugh. So there's so many things, lies about God, lies about men, lies about myself you know, lies about everything. And I needed God to replace those with the truth. And that's where the heart healing came when lies were dispelled and the Lord brought truth to them, either through other people or through the word, through my prayer time, through noticing, you know, and did God rebuild your trust to see that there are good people. There are good stepfathers, fathers, good men out there. Did, did he have to rebuild that trust? He absolutely did. And I think that's something that's constantly being rebuilt. You know, trust is probably the, biggest hardest thing for me um but yes i think he uses people to show you you can't make blanket statements that are complete lies um there will always be someone who will come along and show you that's wrong that's not that's Mm -hmm. not the way it is and yeah and god heals and there's still god honoring faithful people and we have to learn to trust and to see and to know that god heals us and he wants to heal us Mm -hmm. even from the deepest deepest wounds absolutely and so you've been listening to simply for women this is jennifer nicole bromley from one voice has been here with us and i want you to uh to stay with us because next time she's going to share one more time with us she fights human trafficking and 
If you want to learn more, you go to IamOneVoice.org. She's an author, a speaker, and activist. It's been an honor to have her with us today. You are listening to Simply for Women. I'm Jennifer Jackson. Go to Jennifer-Jackson.org to learn more. We want to pray with you. Have a great one. We hope that today's show has been a blessing to you as you seek to simply live out your faith. To hear today's show again or to share it with a friend, search Simply for Women wherever you get your podcasts. Or visit Jennifer's website at jennifer-jackson.org. That's jennifer-jackson.org. Thanks for joining us on Simply for Women. Take time today to simply be. Simply be with God. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.